This episode is exciting because one of my best friends in comedy is on. She's toured across Canada for stand-up. You can hear her on Sirius XM Canada Laughs. The very funny Rochelle Lazan is on this week. Um, that's all. I just want to keep these intros kind of short and sweet. Thanks for listening to another episode and enjoy. weird it's like um yeah I don't know I wish I was like a funner person though like I wish there was something that I could do that was like fun I feel like people are like in the con- okay so here's the story so when I was uh 19 I went on a date with somebody that you know it was like the first date I ever went on I think you know who I'm talking about you talked about I think you ran into him at comedy bar or something like that oh yeah 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 yeah. so and he doesn't know this but that was my first date ever I was like 19 and we went on this like haunted walk of Toronto and uh on the walk you could take beer samples and he was like oh like nice let's go get some beer samples and I was just like fake excited about it I was like I know that I'm gonna literally shit my pants from this even though they're samples like I know I'm on an empty stomach I haven't eaten in hours because I'm just nervous about this for whatever reason and uh we were like he was like get literally feeding me samples i had like three or four samples on an empty stomach i hadn't i had never had a sip of alcohol like before this point like straight up like like i would just turn 19 i had only been legal for what's the drinking age here is it 19 or 18 yeah, 19. 19 okay great so like i again like i was uh, just following the laws or whatever <laughs> and uh straight up straight up I like had like a glass of wine at comedy shows and stuff but I never finished the full thing but anyway this it just really fucked with me um hated it did not like it then every like the date was going fine everything was great on the date you know it's another comedian we're laughing we're talking it's like it's really cute then we get to this restaurant and he orders like large fries so we're just like sharing fries and then he's like do you want anything to drink and I was like you know what those samples haven't affected me yet so I think I'm okay let me have like a big glass of like beer like it and it was like a beer that was like mixed with like whiskey or some sort of fucking spirit something something it wasn't just full beer and uh as soon as I took a sip I was like I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. I was like, I'm just going to run to the bathroom. Like, give me one second. I was in the bathroom for 15 to 20 minutes throwing up and like, dude, like you have no idea. Like it was like projectile, like every one sip. I took one sip and it just set me off. I think it, cause I was just starting to digest the beer samples. And then this just the taste of it or something dude I called like one of my I called my friend on the phone and I just like put her down on like the tampon box and was just like g- li- dude projectile vomiting like family guy style or just like bah! <laughs> oh, dude, it, it was like everywhere like it was like it was mad it was an angry throw wow. up session I oh, never throw up Oh and, the thing is, and then I went back to the seat and then I was like, and then I made up the excuse because I kept getting up to go to the bathroom. And I was like, sorry, there's nothing wrong with you. I was like, it's just me. I'm having a great time. And I told him that my dog was like at the vet. I was like, my dog's at the vet. He's not doing well. He's really old. I have to go take a foot. Like every time I got up, I came up with a different excuse, but I was getting up like every five minutes 
And, uh, and then eventually like, it was like three or four times that I got up and then I stopped throwing up and I felt fine. And I was like, um, we need to get out of here. I was like, I really don't feel well, like full transparency. Like I I need to go. And then the guy that was sitting next to him, apparently while I was in the bathroom was like, Hey man, I'm really sorry about what's going on here. Like, uh, you know, you're, you're great. You know, there's so many other fish in the sea. Like, don't worry. Like he thought that I was like being a bitch and just like getting up and trying to get out of the restaurant as soon as like I could or something like he just said I didn't want to talk to him and uh and that was it and then we ended things off it was very confusing how it ended he was like are you feeling bad I just told him that I was sick I was like I'm really sick and he was so nice and everything was great but I was like I'm so embarrassed for myself like this is this is yeah I think I think we need to get together and have some wine and (laughs) you need to build up some of the you know because yeah. it can be a really great tool for dates. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's phenomenal. I, totally. I'm definitely in a better place, but <laughs> I mean, now, now I'm really not sure this pandemic has probably set me back so long, but um, yeah, that was, it's my little story on that. I just felt like uh, nauseous. Like I just couldn't stop throwing up. It was fucking angry. It was like stomach flu type of vomiting, like just one after the next, after the next. So what do you think would have happened if you were just honest with him and were like, honestly, I never drank. And this is like really upsetting my stomach. I think because I just, I felt like a, like I would just be prudish. Like I, I felt like it would be so lame. And especially cause I know like he was, you know, cool. I thought he was cool. And I was like, he's not gonna want to go out with me if I can't handle alcohol. And <laughs> you can't hang. <laughs> I can't hang. I just can't hang. Oh my God. You yeah. know, honestly, you don't need it though. I would, I mean, I joke around with you about it, but like, don't start now, I guess. I don't know. Like, no, no. Like, yeah, listen, I want to have, I just want to be in a place where I can just have a glass of wine and just not have, I get lightheaded. Can I just not, can my face just stop going numb? That's all. If I, if I can drink and then my face doesn't go numb, I'm like, this is a good place. Let's stay here. That's fine. Yeah. But as long as my face is going numb, it's a problem. Yeah. But it is, it's like one of those, weird humps that you have to get over it's like I always say with people who are like oh I can't smoke weed I can't smoke weed I'm like it's true so it's not for everyone right but it's like it is a thing that you build a tolerance to and it's a thing that like you kind of do have to get over the first shitty side effects in order for it to to be good it's like antidepressants right it's like you it's like okay you don't get a boner for the first six months or whatever and then you get over that right it's like it's like just a side effect you know yeah yeah I think that uh Maybe weed is just different for me because I, I don't know, maybe I just don't want to start over with something. Maybe because it's like, I already, I think I'd have to go like a year without f- having an actual panic attack without weed to start, <laughs> to, to, to be in a good enough place to have it with weed. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, oh, I'm due for another panic attack. Why don't we start taking up a, uh, try taking up marijuana now. It's a good time. <laughs> Sometimes I do feel like people kind of judge me for it. Like if I just like, oh no, sorry. Like if they're just like, you know, do you drink? And I just say like, no, like not really. I feel kind of like judged for it. Like they're just kind of like, why? Or like, not why, but more of like, uh, oh, like you're too good to like have alcohol or something. Like, I mean, I believe that. I for sure believe that you get judged for that. Yeah. But I will say in the last few years, a lot of comics are sober. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. 
LA, honestly, I felt like the only person that drank. Like I was like, I'm the only person really at fucking parties. Yeah, really? Like, Why you? I would thought I would think that it was the opposite in LA. You would think that, but it's yeah. not. Like I mean, everyone's driving too all the time, so yeah, that's a factor. And but everyone's like healthier there, and or everyone was used to be an alcoholic, and you know, and then they got their life together and whatever. Yeah. It's definitely becoming more of a common thing um where sometimes I definitely felt like the odd the odd man out like yeah where I'm like man it's a show like let's party <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just don't like how you have to have some sort of backstory like oh you don't drink like why not it's like why is that immediately the follow-up question yeah. like what is like you know why not it's like I don't fucking know I don't know but there's nothing wrong with that I'm not like offended I'm not totally offended if somebody gives me a drink that I didn't ask for but it's just like yeah, don't, like, if I say that I don't, it's, like, just, you know, just leave it, like, I don't know, like, I have to have this crazy backstory, like, ah, you know, my dad used to drink and uh, beat the shit out of us when we were kids, so I'm just trying to stay, it runs in the family, like, I gotta, now I have to, now, now we are gone from, you know, being acquaintances to now you knowing my entire lineage, and, like, like, I have to show you a health card of, like, you know, whatever, like people like tell me your trauma right now <laughs> yeah they're like tell me your trauma that's too much how are you with self the biggest difference that i've noticed between canadian comedians and uh american comedians is that they never american comics never sell themselves short like they are always like when i was in new york and i was just watching a comedy show at this like I don't even know. It's like, it was like some backwoods kind of comedy club, nothing special. Like they didn't even have like drywall was falling apart on the sides. Um, and the comics in Toronto, like if this was a show in Toronto, it would be so good. And the quality of this show was not the greatest, but the comedians were still out there like handing out business cards. Like they were all lined up outside, just like handing out business cards to anybody that would like come up to them or like even walk by them. I'm like, I've never seen that happen here. Like that, you know, like we have so many talented, amazing comedians and I've never seen one person hand out a business card after a show. Like what would happen is that someone would be like, oh, did you hear this fucking jackass handing out business cards? And then everyone at Comedy Bar would hate this guy and then everyone would chick talk him. And you know, like you are so right. And Americans are they just have so much like unbridled confidence in themselves and I feel like as Canadians what makes us naturally funnier is that we're like not really like that we're not like Americans that's why we're funnier Mm -hmm. Um, but it does feel like especially nowadays in comedy where it's like it's almost uncool to believe in yourself right Mm -hmm. and it's like I am somebody that you know is not afraid to toot my own horn like you know, I can be super hard on myself behind the scenes, but I'm not afraid to like put myself out there or anything like that. And sometimes I feel like that's like not the cool thing to do, you know, like it's not like ironic enough. Like, I don't know. It's like, it has to be followed with some sort of like insult. Like it's not, it's 100%, it's not cool. And it's like this weird social dance that we do. And it's like, I'm not sure what the point of it is. Like we already don't have an, so here's something that I saw recently that, um, that caught my attention was so when when Schitt's Creek won the Golden Globes nomination uh they won for their category the CBC posted something talking about like this is our little show that could and I don't know if the CBC said it or Dan Levy himself said it but like even listening to Dan Levy's acceptance speech he was just like 
it like his speech sounded as if it was like is if Shit's Creek was this little tiny show that was just like it was a miracle that it it became so big in like the American market and it, it's like this huge show that's like this household name but it started from like absolutely nothing it started from like a small idea I'm like it's like yeah that's great and everything but also like it's not a little show that could it's a great yeah. show with a phenomenal cast it's not nominated by chance or some miracle you didn't need like you know what I mean like you could you could skip the whole like humble pie situation and the idea that like it's not successful unless Americans like it is like such a weird yeah. thing like yeah you know I can't even remember you know doing some like jokes on stage about like Canada and people being like you can't like like that's would never translate to an American audience and it's like what if I want to entertain Canadians like did you ever think of that yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm trying to do comedy for Canadians in Canada like why am I catering to Americans yeah in Canada I'm not gonna you know make it my big touring joke or something whatever <laughs> but it's like <laughs> but you know what I mean it's just like this weird thing where like listen I mean I would love to go back to the states and try and make it there but you know Canadians need entertainment too like <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, I just think that, yeah, the idea of like, okay, this joke is good, but would it work in America? It's like, well, I don't live in America right now. Uh, I actually live here. <laughs> and uh, since when has that, like, Americans aren't writing jokes being like, yeah, but will that work in New Zealand? It's like, no, like, who cares? No. And even if you do book a taping at JFL, it's only getting played in Canada. Yeah. Like, it's, it's literally only going to get played in Canada. <laughs> like, what's your, what's your inner monologue like if you, okay, so uh, I'll give you an example. When, once I had a road gig in the middle of, I think it was like Orangeville slash, like, I don't know where, but everybody that was at the show was like white as hell, uh, just like bleach, blonde hair, red face, you know what I mean? Just like, your typical like white ass like middle of nowhere like crowd um and everybody <laughs> that was there was like a teacher apparently it was like a it was like a community center like basketball court that they filled with like tables and it's like I wasn't there but I know I feel I can feel it I know you can feel it you can smell it inside they had like gift bags and stuff and then like they had like a they had a DJ booth right behind our stage or like slightly to the side. And in the middle of my set, like the, the DJ uh, person like did air horns. It was like bam, 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 on a, on the end of a joke on a punchline. And it just like fucked everything up. There was no, it was like, like all the lights were on. It was so bad. The show was, the sh like the quality of the show was 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 bad um and I after my set I like went into the bathroom to like use the bathroom and while I was in there you but by the way nobody ever told me I've been doing this for eight years not once has anyone said don't go into the bathroom after one of your sets because that's where everybody goes to talk shit <laughs> and I heard like two of these women saying they were just like she's they were like oh they were just like yeah they were like yeah she's too young to be doing this anyway like she like they're the last sentence they were just like she's too young to be doing this anyway and then I had like a full like mental breakdown like full-blown I was like oh, yeah. 
Oh, I would too. I was like, what am I, what on earth am I getting from going and entertaining a bunch of teachers in Orangeville next to a DJ booth? Why am I putting so much self-worth on this one gig when it should be like, yeah, this isn't, this show actually does not matter. Like you can't, you don't go there with like a new joke and like hope that it works out. It's just one of those gigs that's like, you literally get through it. Do the it's best that you can. Get through it. There's nothing about this that's set up for comedy. You're never gonna have to do gigs like this in your life. It's not. It's not the. It's not w- like what you're trying to do with your career. So like, why does it matter? Uh, so I've been trying to get better at like putting, um, you know, like taking not putting so much of my self worth into gigs that mm. I know don't represent. For sure. no I'm the same way I'm like really notorious for crying when I don't do well that's something I'm trying to work on crying in the green room you know (laughs) like and that's and it honestly I think it comes back because it's like I believe in myself so much and I know that I can do well so when I don't do well it's like oh my god it's like the end of the world it literally feels like I could die like that's I know exactly what it feels like and I Build so much resentment to the audience and yeah it's horrible it's horrible that feeling is so overpowering it feels like if I have a set that goes well I feel happy about it for like two hours and then if I have a set that doesn't go great I'm thinking about it for like a week oh I'm thinking about a bad weekend I did in Hamilton in 2019 and still but before bed you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know why Hamilton hated me for this weekend. Like they hated my ass and it was traumatic and still thinking about it. Yeah. But I yeah. will say that there are some sets that I, some highlight sets in my life that I still think about as well. You know? Yeah. No, it's good to think about those for sure. You don't want to always be thinking about the negative, but I thought that like, it's something that I'm actually working on in therapy is just being like, um, not necessarily like believing in myself more, but just have like, I don't want to have like super high highs and then like very low lows. It's like, okay, those can happen. Like you're going to have sets that are not great and you're going to have some sets that are awesome, but it's like finding the middle ground, like mentally, you know what I mean? Like not taking everything for like, like this moment defines my career type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I I think every comic struggles with that because it's like everyone that does comedy is just seeking validation right and yeah you know when you're not getting the validation it's like why am I doing this then this is the whole reason I'm doing it like yeah (laughs) for compliments and accolades (laughs) it's hard to do I think it's hard to like differentiate for sure it's like well our job is to go out there and get the approval of the audience yet we're still seeking approval from like ourselves in a way it's like you have to you have to want them to like you but then if they don't you have to disconnect and be like okay it has nothing to do with me it's just this one time so it's like it's really hard to draw the line you know what I mean Uh, and it's always weird like when people be like oh you can't take it personal I'm like how is this not personal (laughs) this is literally me I am they don't like it like it's like I always feel like people say oh you can't take it personally to me that's like so gaslighty I honestly hate that yeah and it's like to a certain extent, 
it is personal and you have to just accept that you know and like be able to move on from that and just know that not everyone's gonna like be into your comedy you know like it's just yeah yeah it's like that with like dating and stuff too people like oh you can't take it personal and it's like what how is this not personal like this is literally about me (laughs) I feel differently about dating than comedy like dating is like I feel like I actually you know what now that I'm thinking about it I do do that whereas like with the audience sometimes you morph or adjust into you know what they want to see you know like you have to adjust to every audience that you go up in front of and sometimes I that does transfer over to dates where it's like if they have a completely different personality to me I have to adjust to their personality and because we're so good at adjusting and like learning how to go with the flow and like kind of roll with the punches type of thing I end up confusing myself and I'm like, did that date go well? Do I like them? Or was I just good at adjusting to their like bizarre fucking personality? Like, do I think they're like whimsical and fun or are they like fully unhinged? Uh, (laughs) And I'm just, you know, trying, you know, good at keeping the conversation going or something. Yeah. I've never even like really thought about it like that. Like how, yeah, just like adapting to your environment is definitely something that comedians have to do so because I, I think I do the same thing actually now that you say that like I'm somebody that like matches energy too so like yeah yeah if I'm on a date with a guy that's like you know low energy yeah. head to the floor then guess what I'm low energy yeah. even though that's not really who I am yeah as a person and yeah. if somebody's super high energy then I'll be super high energy mm-hmm. because it's like that just seems like the easier the easier way you know and that's so true it's like if it if if a date is not going well and by not going well like I've unless you say something like really bizarre like 9-11 was an inside job or like something that like you fully believe in I will rarely I always end up leaving dates like very confused it takes me it doesn't take me one date to find out like I I go on literally three or four dates before I know if I like this person or not and it's because I have to allow myself time to like be myself because for the first two dates I am trying to adjust to their personality. And then once I see that, like, okay, I'm obviously adjusting to their personality. This isn't what I like. Then, then I dip out. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would kind of wish I was like a bit cooler like that, where it was like, took me three to four dates. Like, Oh, that's not, it's not even cool. If I like it, it's like right away. I know within the first little bit, usually, um, you know, like right away, like within the first like hour or two of the date, you're like, I either like you or I don't. Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay. Like, I mean, I can still, and that's not to say that I still don't adapt to other people's personalities. I do that with friends. I do that with guys, but like, yeah. And then, then the, that's the problem is like, if I do like them and then I have adjusted my personality to be like them. And then it's like, eventually my real personality will come out and then it will be like, oh, okay, no, <laughs> you're crazy. Like your real personality will come out? Yeah, like my real personality will come out and then they'll be like, okay, bye. So you're afraid of them finding out your real personality. Like you're mm-hmm. you're giving them time to warm up to you kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, okay. I kind of like sprinkle it a little. Okay. And then usually, yeah. Usually, you, you know, you're into it or you're not. I would love to be one of those people that just like goes on dates and is like 100% themselves. But there's always like these social dances that you have to do 
But I think the hard part is like deciding when the social dance is over and you can just like be yourself and just not being afraid to be like, okay, yeah, our personalities just don't jive. Like for somebody like me, it takes me a long time because I'm like, I know that like for the first date, like I'm going to, like you said, like somebody is low energy. I'm also going to be low energy. If they're super high energy, then I'll be like, oh, like, I don't know if that's charming. Cause like, I'm still here. Like I haven't left the date and like gotten up. Like I haven't been totally disgusted, but it's like, I'm never totally disgusted by anybody unless they're like, uh, you know, yeah. pervert or anything. But like, I've never been so disgusted that I have to like get up and leave. No, like usually I'm pretty good at screening my dates before, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like usually them. I'm like, I'll know if I'll be attracted to them physically, like before I go out with them and then. You know, if, okay, so attraction for you, does it grow or does it, um, do you know, like right away? Like, does it grow with their personality? Does their personality change the way that you see them at all? Well, okay. Like if I'm like dating apps, meeting up with a guy, usually I know right away, like I'll know right away if I'm attracted to him, but like guys that I meet more organically, then yeah, like sometimes there's a lot of times like guys' personalities have made them more attractive. For sure, absolutely. But like when you're like really like dating, dating, like on apps and you know, meeting up with people, usually I just like know right away. I'm like, you know right away. Wow. I don't know right away. I, I wish I could never right know. I wish I was like not so direct. Like I'm just so like everything's very just like cut and dry sometimes with me. And I'm like, I wish it was like a little bit there was room for more, but no, see, I wish I hate this. I hate the thing that I'm in. Cause I, I don't, I could be talking to somebody for like a month and I still don't know. Well, I guess if after a month, if you don't know, then the answer is no. But for me, yeah. it's like attraction grows based on communication. Like that's a really big thing for me. So like, if, if I think you're funny and like conversation goes well, even if I didn't think you were cute, like based on your profile, and like, I didn't think you were like that cute, like meeting up with you, then, um, then it, it changes, then it grows. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely grow to be unattracted to someone like mm-hmm. her. Like if their personality sucks, I'm like, oh no, you're not hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but usually I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that's a bad thing to admit. I just usually know right away uh, within five seconds of looking at someone. Yeah. Sometimes their voice can also make them hotter too. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You're like, oh, I don't know. And then he has like the deepest voice in the world. And you're like, okay, no, you're hot. Yeah. 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 For sure. What do you do for dates? Like I always um, go for like, I, there was, there's this one person that I know that literally goes for like 45 minute walks. They're like, yeah, it's exact. It's going to be exactly 45 minutes. We're going to walk. We're going to get coffee. And then, and that's it. But all I'm giving this is 45 minutes. And I'm like, that's amazing. I, I kind of feel like I want to do that. Cause for somebody who's like so indecisive, that sounds like the best way to do it. Well, walk, a walk is a good way where you can be like, there is an end point to the walk. So you can like you yeah, and then at the like end, I'm you can be like, oh, it. I'm sad that this is over. Or if I'm relieved that this is over, then you know. I mean, if a guy was like, do you want to go for a 45-minute walk? I'd be like, okay, psycho killer. <laughs> like, what? Maybe no. exactly 45 minutes. Um, I don't know. I haven't been single in a long time, right? So, like, before COVID, like, I was just classic, like, go to a bar, get too drunk, probably. Um, now, I haven't really also been, like, doing too much dating, but, um, I love the idea of FaceTime dating. Like, I am so into that because it's actually such an amazing screening process, too, because, you you know, 
you can cut the day short if you're not into it and it's like less awkward you can just hang up you know no, yeah. I'm just kidding <laughs> um but I feel like I I used to hate that anxiety of like meeting up with someone and then if like my expect it like didn't meet my expectations or I was like disappointed I just hated that feeling of like having to sit on a date knowing I didn't like the guy yeah. so doing a FaceTime date is like I think it's I hope when COVID's over I still might do that you know just to initially do that so I can be like okay can we talk are you weird are you cute can we talk are you weird yes yeah FaceTime dates are amazing Mm-hmm. They are actually amazing. You can see a, a little bit of where they live. I can't remember if yeah. I told you or Steph this, but I was like, I one of my first FaceTime dates with this other, this random guy, um, he had like, it, he was like 29 and he just like in the, in his living room had like a shelf with like a, one protein shake on it, like a protein <laughs> um powder thing and it was just an empty shelf and it it was like and I get it listen you know what it's it it has nothing to do with the fact that he had almost no furniture in his living room like it had nothing to do with that it's just like do you do you care about anything like do you you know you don't want to just like put a plant there like it's got to be a protein shake like I just thought the placement of the protein powder was yeah it's like why do you even have the shelf like it's not being yeah why even have the shelf it's like just put anything up put a picture frame up there of like you and your family or something like why protein powder on a shelf I know we talked about this last time a little bit we were recording but like I just wanted to include it in this version of our podcast but the um I I don't think there's anything wrong with like mentioning astrology on this podcast because I uh not only do I believe in it but I just don't I think I hate that when like men shit on it like I hate listening to people shit on astrology because it's like do you have anything else to shit on it's like get a new get a new perspective you know what I mean it's like what like of all things to shit on you pick the most mainstream basic thing to shit on you're not even good at shitting on things so hacky maybe I'll just start with asking you this do you ever sort of fantasize about getting married one day like do you have like dreams of like what you're gonna wear and like how the venue's gonna look and like where it's gonna be like were you ever one of those girls or like are you one now that like tries to like plan it out and stuff yeah not growing up at all ever growing up I was like I was like a hardcore feminist when I was like nine like I was like I was a lot to handle as a kid but I was like I'm never having kids I'm never getting married like the patriarchy like never thinking about that like just not something I envisioned and then like after my last like serious relationship was when I really was like no I want to get married you don't want kids so okay now now I'm like thinking about it a lot but the wedding is not I mean the wedding I'm more so like baby crazy right now if than weddings but I I mean I have thought about the wedding dress and everything (laughs) have you really that's so funny I love that my envision is like I don't want to look like a bride like you don't want to look like a bride. Okay. I don't want to look like a bride. I still wear a white dress, but like, I want to look like I'm at the Oscars. Like, I just like, I hate that like classic bride look, you know, where every bride just looks like a bride. And I'm like, yeah. I just want to look like timeless, effortless. You know what I mean? Like, just like. You want the dress to be white or like a different color? I think it would still be white, but it would be like the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. Like, that's how I envision it. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's very similar. I feel like that's every. That that sounds like every everybody's in, in their wedding. 
they all look the same. They all have the same hairdo, the same makeup, the same dress. Like I wouldn't buy a wedding dress. Like I would buy like a gown, like a white gown. Oh, a gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's cute. That's really, that's gorgeous. Yeah. I would, I have never, it's actually making me kind of sick even talking about it right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. And when I was younger, I, I wanted that. When I was younger, I did. When I was younger, I was just like putting little teddy bears and stuff away. And I would be like, oh, like I, you know, I can't wait to give this to my... And, and then I don't know what happened. As soon as I started doing comedy, I was like, that's fucking you met Matt losers. I was like, fuck that shit. And I've, I've never like past the age of 14 or 15. I have genuinely never fantasized about it. Never thought about it. Never been like I, thinking about my kids' names and like looking up like baby names and shit. Like literally never. I'm not sure if that's something that will come to me later in life, but I definitely. I think that comes with, you know, if you're in a serious relationship with someone yeah you know that's because for me I never thought about that until my last relationship when I was like oh like this could be it you know what I mean like that's that's when I started to think about it like I wasn't really thinking about it before I'd experienced that like partnership type of love or whatever you know yeah I guess it's uh well I guess maybe I'm just kind of talking out of my ass because I haven't experienced it yet but I have thought about being with a partner who like really wants children and then me being like, well, then I guess we have to like break up or something. Like my friends will oh, ask me, they'll be like, they'll be like, okay, well, what if you're with somebody who like really wants it and you love them? It's like, no, it's like, because it's, it's like my body. It's me who would have to like carry the kid for nine months. And like, it's just like, I don't, um, I just can't envision that for my life. Like, I, I just yeah. honestly just can't like, even if I I'm in a place, Yeah. It's like, well, then I guess we're just not meant to be then. If, if this person like really wants kids and go be with somebody who wants kids and like wants a family. Cause that's, that's not, yeah. I never picture myself living in a house with like a yard and like n- literally never the thought of that. Not that it doesn't cross my mind, but when it does makes me feel disgusted. Like I feel so repulsed, repulsed by it. I'm not sure why I have such an extreme reaction, but I, I yeah. absolutely hate it. No, I'm like, I'm like full basic bitch mode with this stuff. Like I never thought I would be. And then here I am just like, I want a vegetable garden and like, <laughs> and like a baby and like a husband. Um, but I mean, I think there is a level of it. It's just like, feels like fantasy to me. Cause I'm like, you know, obviously I have an unconventional lifestyle. Like I literally can't even imagine how a baby would like, it would completely change the whole course of like my career and my whole life. So it, it's not like I would want, like would actually follow through at this stage, but like, it just feels like a, something to look forward to in the future, you know, like when I have my shit together, but mm. yeah, no, it's like, I never was really around kids too much. And my sister has two twins and uh, now I'm like, kids are so cute. Like, <laughs> so cute. Yeah. No, for sure. I think uh, Nikki Glazer said once, she's just like, I want a baby, but like uh, just for an hour and then I will we'll give it back. I wish that there was like a, some sort of program, like how they have with uh, like kittens. Like uh, but it just, yeah, no, no. They just keep, yeah, fostering it or they just like have like a bunch of babies in the playpen. Like strangers go and drop off their babies at this like daycare, but like you, you're allowed to go in and like sit with the baby for a little bit if you want to and then go get it. You know what I mean? Like how they have yeah. with cats like dog therapy or whatever but yeah like dog therapy but with children it's like you can you can walk in and hold it and smell its head for like an hour and then go about your day that would be I could do that yeah 
yeah yeah you should just get a friend that has a kid or something like get a friend that has a kid yeah it'll be like yeah. listen, over if i have a baby you can come over and play with it for an hour yeah yeah <laughs> in 10 years when i have a kid um i guess we're almost out of time but i'll wrap up maybe with this question what is a memory from your childhood that you think kind of shaped the reason why you decided to become a comic or like how you went about becoming a comedian I know <laughs> oh that's, my god I feel like that's, that's kind of a loaded, loaded question. question but it's my favorite question but it's definitely it's loaded for sure it's definitely loaded because I feel like for me childhood trauma took a little play I just you know what I had a crazy mom I had a crazy mom and uh I think she's the reason that I that I do this <laughs> like you know and I, I was actually a really quiet shy kid and like but I'm trying to think like I, I definitely would like make my family laugh because I felt like I was like kind of the like breath of fresh air in the family and no offense to my sister but like so whenever I would make them laugh it would just like I would like bank it like I feel like I've remembered every time when I was a kid that I like ever made anyone laugh and then I didn't necessarily know that it was going to be comedy like I thought it, I wanted to be like a pop star I wanted to be a musical theater actor I wanted to be like an actor and then you know kind of just like fell into comedy and was like oh this was it like this was what I was searching for but definitely yeah like chaotic households bring out funny and kids and yeah they, they did I ask that question I forgot yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, totally comedy attracts people who were sort of like had to fend for themselves as kids or like had to be the voice of reason or had to speak their mind for whatever reason um for sure like I just love hearing stories about why comedians end up doing what they do do you remember like the exact moment you decided to be a comedian like did you like dream about it and we're like oh fuck that's what it is or did you like how well, did you okay, the funny thing is it's like I don't remember I don't remember ever like really watching comp like stand up as a kid or really even being a playing a role in anything but one time when my dad was a few years ago, he was moving out of my childhood home and I was looking through all my old things and I found a joke book from when I was a kid. Like it was like a diary, but there was like three bits like written and it was like joke one, joke two, joke three. And it was like, they were horrible and like so hack. But um, I was like, it was the craziest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, I like don't even really I vaguely remember writing this and it's just so crazy that it was always in there you know I just didn't I didn't identify that it was like stand-up comedy but right um there was a there was always a part of me that thought I was like interesting and funny like I don't know <laughs> like, it was in there you know yeah but okay so that's that's so funny and then so then but then how did you decide you wanted to do comedy like when did it snap in for you um so I did improv so after I graduated I went to theater school and then I moved to Toronto and was like I'm gonna do Second City because that is what Tina Fey did and like she's famous so and I just thought it'd be cool to like meet people and then improv I was like not very good at improv and I did it for a long time but um my <laughs> friend in my improv troupe was at Humber and she was doing or did you know Sally like Sally Smith uh American she went we might have not gone at the same time yeah um anyway so she and I was kind of like I want to do it and then she was like you should do it and then I just did it and then it's like literally the rest is history wow that's so funny 
So you decided, so it was from improv to stand up. You were just like, yeah, I don't, that's hilarious. That's exactly how it happened for me. I took a second city improv class. And then I was like, these people are so not funny. I don't want to work with them. They don't see the vision that I have. <laughs> and then yeah. uh, I can't remember if it was like, I was like, oh, then it must be stand up or um, I can't remember exactly like what happened. I just wanted to do something in comedy and it wasn't dramatic. It wasn't like being a comedic actress. It wasn't improv or sketch or anything like that. So I was like, well, I guess it's stand up then. And then uh, you just like start. That's so yeah. funny. I love that. I love that. I like, yeah. um, I don't know. I like hearing stories like that. Cause it's like, yeah, we're all cut from the same cloth. You know what I mean? Fully That's incapable of doing, <laughs> literally incapable of doing anything else. And we all have that in common, like yeah. fully incapable of doing anything. Like if it wasn't doing comedy, I would probably start like a, a beading, um, you know, jewelry line. Like I would just start making yeah. things out of beads and like, that's straight up it. Yeah. I never had any, any backup plan. Like, cause even though I didn't know it was going to be comedy, like as a kid, I was like, I'm going to be famous. Like, it's like kind of embarrassing now because the family is like always like, Oh, remember when you always want to be famous. And I'm like, okay, didn't work out. We get it. Um, but, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think it also probably starts with some sort of uh, thing. Like when I was younger, I played soccer, but I only wanted to get good at it because it meant that I could be on TV later. Like I was just obsessed with being on TV. I was like, I don't right. care about playing soccer. I just want to be on television. And then after that, I started, I tried acting and that was- You're like, like there's easier it. ways to go about this. What's that? What's that? It's like, I don't have to become a world-class athlete. Like there's easier ways. <laughs> yeah. Like I can, television. the fact that like at one point in my life, like before I tried doing acting or whatever at one point, And I was like, how did, like, it was probably this like gross kid that was like, just nasty you know like just like really just, I, I didn't shave my legs at all and I was like really hairy as a kid and I just like remember showing up to this like audition because I wanted to get into like this school drama program like this high school drama program so I auditioned for them and I was just like just had this blind confidence that I was gonna be great at this acting and it was so I still had braces at the time with probably like bread stuck in them and like never combed my hair probably didn't brush my teeth like my legs I was I wore shorts and my legs were so hairy like I vividly remember it and um <laughs> it's like we just have this uh I don't know because I think in order to start comedy you have to be a little bit delusional like to think that you're like funny yeah. enough to like get on a stage like it's it's unhealthy for sure it starts in an unhealthy place oh yeah you're not in your right mind when you make that you decision. need a little bit you need a little bit you need a little to be a little bit unhinged and that's definitely that was I was like okay like if there was no evidence before that you were like unhinged like that's you can take that as evidence yeah <clears throat> that's my favorite um anyway well yeah so we've hit our we've hit our marker in time thank you so much for doing this podcast again oh, like truly thank you so much for having me i'm glad i got to talk to you again yeah i'm glad we got to talk about it again um yeah i hope this recording goes well if for what i think i got it figured out i did like a bunch of tests and stuff so i think we should be good but if anything goes wrong i'll let you know but let me know i'll do it again if you need it <laughs> i'll kill myself if it doesn't work out so that's fine okay.